right, one other housekeeping issue. Like, if you didn't get communion, and some of you might have got in without it, um, I want you to get that. So it should be towards the back there. And if anybody's stumbling over it, you probably know where you put it. But, like, I want to make sure everybody has that. So um, there's some down here, too, um, three of them, guys, if you want some. All right, we're in a series called Blueprint. Blueprint is instructions for building the church. We are in a rebuild of a church. My wife Kimberly and I, we planted a church 2011, February 1st, 2011. We bought a house on Northern Heights Drive and we said, we're going to have people in our house. We're going to celebrate Jesus. We're going to see a church planted. God was faithful. He met with us. People came. They believed in what we were talking about and in, in, in what God was saying to us. And a church was born, right? That's awesome. And as the church goes, it went pretty well. And then it didn't go very well. And that happens in churches. And so now as we come back and as we, what I'll say is restart, lift church, what I want to do is set a firm foundation. And this blueprint in Titus is the firm foundation that is setting us, that is instructing us how to build the church in a healthy, godly, vertical, vibrant, ah, explosive way. <laughs> I can't wait. So today we're going to talk about pursue transformation. And again, that app I talked about, the Church Center app, if you go to liftchurch.info, it'll take you to the app store, okay? And you can download that app and get on there. It has the notes for the message right on there. Everything we do is right there, okay? So has the notes on there. We're going to pursue transformation. Who wants to pursue change? Who wants to be different, okay? I want to be different later than I was earlier, okay? And I want to change for the better, not the worse, although sometimes it goes the wrong way, doesn't it? Like, can we all admit that? Sometimes it's like, oh man, I changed this week. This week, I ate horribly. I took the whole message about freedom last week, really literally, and I ate whatever I wanted to do, and like, I, won't even, I didn't even step on the scale this morning. I mean, seriously, after we had dinner on Friday night, I was like, I felt so like, oh, uh, and then I went home and like had some ice cream, and uh, yeah, that was a bad idea, and then I've, my wife said to me the other day, she said, you know, if you eat ice cream twice a day, it's probably not going to go well. And she said it so nicely. It wasn't like any condemnation. It was just like, hey, um, just so you know, my kids are in the service. Sorry, I'm ratting her out. Just so you know, like, I don't want the kids eating ice cream twice a day. And so why don't you take it out in the garage? And then just when the kids go to bed, you can get it out. And I'm like, so sneaky. You know, I took that as a loving rebuke to say something needs to change. And I agree. And maybe you'll feel like today is like, woohoo! Or maybe you'll feel like it's a loving rebuke, right? Where you're like, hey, something needs to change. And that's okay too. It doesn't matter. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. We're going to read the word, we're going to see what it says, and we're going to be transformed by it. We're going to be different, okay? So pursue, pursue transformation. Transformation is the act or process of changing in form, appearance, nature, or character. I'm going to say it again. 
the act or process of changing in form, appearance, nature, or character. We really want to change in character. And I think the whole world's going to see when we do. Transformation. Everybody wants to be stronger, to be bigger, to be faster, to be powerful, really to be a hero, okay? Our, our society glorifies heroes. I saw a mask in here. Oh, yeah, 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 come on, come on, yeah, he's got the Avengers on his mask. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for heroes, right? We're looking for somebody to go into the phone booth, right? And do the like quick change and come out and be like, wow, transformed. Who's that? Who does that? Okay, our participation at church is really bad today. Who does that? Superman, all right, you know, okay. And then, you know, or maybe it's like you got some injection. Or maybe it's like you got a spider bite. And all of a sudden you are transformed. Maybe it's like you have a lot of money and there's a secret cave that you can drive out of when you go down an elevator and you like come out like looking buff. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe it's just a science experiment gone bad. Well, how about this? How about we just have a spiritual experiment gone well, right, today? Like, let's, let's just, just, let's go open the word of God. Let's just rightly divide the truth. Let's just try to open our hearts and minds to what God's saying, and then let's be acceptance of that and, and change our behavior um, from the inside out. So, that's what we're going for today. It's not, uh, you know, the phone booth that it takes to change. It's not like an elevator in a bat cave that takes to change. What does it really take to change to be transformed, to do something significant for the Lord. Church, what do we need to change to do something powerful for God? Well, open up your Bible. You're waiting for me to say it. Open up your Bible to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3 is going to show us how to be transformed. The Holy Spirit, He wants you he wants to show you what it looks like to live a transformed life. All right, are you there? Titus chapter 3, verse 1. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient and be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one. Am I in the deep end yet? To avoid quarreling. To be gentle, to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Why? For we ourselves were once foolish. Gotta admit that. We were disobedient, we were led astray. Satan pulled the wool over Eve's eyes, and he's been doing that ever since with every one of us. We're slaves to various passions and pleasures. Uh, I don't want to even say amen to that, but that's true. Passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Gross. That's what that is. But that's how I was. But when the goodness 
underline that goodness. And the loving kindness, underline that loving kindness, of God our Savior appeared. He saved us. Come on! Woo! Jesus saved me! Not because of works done by us in righteousness. Now this is where we in our Christian world get messed up. Well, if I'm just doing some good things, don't I look like a good boy? Won't everybody think I'm saved? Who cares who thinks you're saved or not? I don't care if I think you're saved or not. I care if you're saved or not. It's not about keeping up appearances. I'm glad you came to church. Thank you for doing that. It's not, it's not a duty. It's a delight. I am so glad to be here with you today. I am so excited to preach this message that God's given. It's going to change us forever. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, not because I'm going to preach today, because God's going to speak today, but according to his own mercy, his mercy, underline that, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly. It wasn't just like a little dabble, do you? It's like, here's a flood of my grace, love, mercy, and it comes in the form of the blood of Christ and the filling and power of the Holy Spirit. I love you so much, I want to be with you every day. All day long. Poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified... By his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This saying, the saying, is trustworthy. And I want you to insist. So if I feel a little pushy today, I feel like it's because like, what Jesus is asking me to do is to insist that this be true in your life. Insist on these things. So that those who have believed in God, is that you? Have you believed in God? May be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. Now you don't get to preach a message every week where it says at the end of the message, P.S. These things are excellent and profitable for people. Everybody's like, I want to go to church today. This is excellent for me. This is good for me. I'm here. Like, not every week do you get to preach that. This is pretty special. So soak it in, okay? Every soak it in. So powerful. All right, well, hey, let's, let's start with this. Pursue transformation. This message from the Word of God should change your life. It should transform you today. Okay, And I want you to pursue transformation first by putting on Jesus' example of kingdom living. Put on, put off. Paul's always talking about put on, put off. And here he doesn't say the words, but he's basically saying it. You need to put on Jesus' example of kingdom living, of gospel-centered living. This is the way we live in an upside-down kingdom. This doesn't make sense to the world. 
But this makes sense to Jesus. This is what Jesus modeled for us. This is what Jesus preached to us. So, what does it look like to put on Jesus' example of kingdom living? Well, look at the first couple words. Remind them. I think this is very important. Remind them. It's important to know that this isn't the first time you've ever heard this. I'm not going to give you a lot of new content today. Well, maybe it might be new to you. Hopefully not, but maybe. But we need to be reminded of the gospel. We need to be reminded of kingdom living. We need to be reminded of how we're supposed to live differently in a world that's like, what are they doing? And how does that work? They're happy. And I hate being here right now. I just, it's, I want to remind you, Jesus has already taught us this, and Paul is reminding us, them, so remind them. Them is who? Just look back at chapter 2. But as for you, Titus, so he's reminding Titus. Older men, he's reminding you, Ed Gall. Okay, just had to pick on somebody. And uh, older women, I'm not even going to go there. And then uh, younger women, he's reminding you, Christina. Right, and and then he says, younger men, he's reminding you, Abe. Right, so he's reminding them, and then he says, bond servants, he's reminding you all. Okay, because we're all slaves to a master. His name is Jesus. We serve him with all of our life, and willingly so. We could leave; he'll let us go. But he's invited us to stay. He said, I'll provide for you. You can be sons and daughters of a kingdom. Pretty awesome offer. I want to take it. Remind them, all of them, all of us, to be. So, I'm going to give you seven qualities, seven virtues here. Later in the message, five vices. But seven virtues That should categorize you and me as believers in Jesus Christ. Here they are. One, we should be submissive. Now there's so much I want to say about this. I want you to write down a couple passages. One is Romans 13, 1 through 7. I like to extend it to 8. If I have time, I'll go back to that. The other is 1 Peter 2. 13 through 17. Again, I really want to hit on those because I think people don't understand when it says be submissive what it means. So you can read those passages and... Man, I got to do it. Okay, Romans 13, real quick. Just, just, Just look at the passage. Romans 13, verse 1. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities... For there is no authority except from God. Whoever wins the election, great. That's God ordained. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities, resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. Like, well, I don't want to resist authority because I don't want to incur God's judgment, right? I mean, we're all on the same page right now, right? Okay, good. I'm there. 
Now keep reading because this is very important. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a second, wait a second. Like, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct. You're like, well, some of my rulers are. Okay, well then hold on. Hold on. So they put into authority by God then, or are they put into authority by someone else who runs this world system? So you've got to ask yourself these questions. You can't just like blindly not think about things. You have to think about things. So, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. That's what the ruler is that he's talking about that you submit to. Okay, now, I got far enough. You can read the rest. You get the point. It, verse 8 says, owe no one anything except to love each other, right? So we've got to do this all in love. That's really important. But, but here's the thing. I want to put this verse on the screen because some of you guys are going to be like, oh, I just got to blindly follow whoever's leading me. And I'm just like, um, you should be obedient. That's going to be our next virtue. But you should be obedient. But hold on. We obey God first. And the authority he puts under, you know, next. If that authority is opposed to God, you have a choice. Who are you going to serve? Here's what Paul, because you don't need to take my word for it. Here's what Peter and John said about that. I think they were pretty close to Jesus. I think he knew what they th he thought, okay? So, this is when they healed the guy. And then the guy's like, threw them into prison and said, hey, stop doing this. Here's what it says. So they called them, that's Peter and John, and charged them not to speak or to teach at all in the name of Jesus. So let's just, let's just be clear. Let's go on record. If they tell us we can't preach the gospel, what should we do? Okay, just keep reading. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you, your authority, get under you rather than to God, you must judge. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with that question, Sanhedrin. For we, as for us, we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Like, I have to preach the gospel, and so do you. We're followers of Jesus Christ. We have to share the gospel with others. If we don't, then we prove to everyone else that we don't really have what we think we have. We don't have in us the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit cannot deny himself. He's going to get out. He's going to tell other people. He's going to be bold about what Jesus did for us. Right? So, so if you're having trouble with that, then maybe you've blocked something. Maybe there's a quenching or a grieving of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you don't have the Holy Spirit. You've got to at least consider that. And that's important. Okay, so I'm on submissive. I just had to get off for just a second because I think that's a hot button right now. Who do I submit to? Whose authority and all that? Like, to your rulers. As long as you're, here's God, here's your rulers. As long as they're in line, we're good. Here, good. Here, good. Opposed, bad. <laughs> you know, as they stay in here, like somewhere in here, we're good. They can deviate this way, that way, whatever, you know. But like, if they're opposed to God, you do not need to follow them instead of God. Okay, I hope we're clear on that. Okay, be submissive. Thank you for listening. You are very submissive to listen to all that.
and then obedient. Seven virtues, obedient. Um, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities and to be obedient. Obedient to authority, to the word of God. You should be obedient to the word of God. If it says something, let's do it. You should be o- obedient to pastors, teachers, elders. And they will answer for what they say to you. <laughs> and we should be obedient to our boss. I mean, you have a boss at work. He's paying you money. She's paying you money. And you need to do what they say, maybe even the way they say it, if they're that kind of boss, right? As long as it doesn't go against God. If, it disob- if they're asking you to cheat, still lie, you can't do it. you got to tell them you can't do it, and you might need to find a new job. Or maybe they'll see the light of Jesus in you and repent and be saved. That would be an awesome outcome. One or the other... But it's not going to be you bending to their will. And then this, readiness or willingness to do good. Galatians 6.10 says, let us do good to everyone. And especially to the household of faith. And then this, to speak no evil, to speak evil of no one. Now what, what word are you going to put on that for virtue, right? Kindness. Be kind to people. Have a kind word. Ephesians 5, I think it's around verse 25, 26, 27, like talks about how we should be kind. Okay, verse 32 says, be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God has forgiven you in Christ Jesus. Kindness, refraining from slandering others. I don't know about you, but I can't just like gloss over that verse. That's a verse where I got to go, time to repent today. Right? Because I've said something evil about someone this week, or I didn't breathe. It's just our natural default, and it can change. You can be transformed. But right now, let's just be honest. We live in a gross society where everybody's talking about everybody else, canceling everybody else out, and it's It's gross. And so there's a lot of repentance that needs to happen today. In my life, I I would pray that you would have some things that you identify as well in your life. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, if you want to write that down in your devotional time, read it. It talks a lot about how to apply that as well. Number five, to avoid quarreling. Be peaceable. To avoid quarreling. Don't fight. Be a peacemaker. That's, that's tough. And we're not telling you not to stick up for Jesus or God, but don't stick up for your own rights. Don't fight for your right, right? To be gentle as we go along, verse 6, or uh, number 6, to be considerate, gentle, fair, and forbearing in regard to treatment of others. It's, it's what we call a sweet reasonableness. Maybe that needs to go with you today. You just like, could you just have some sweet reasonableness about you? I feel like my wife, when she gently reminded me two ice creams a day is not healthy, was being sweet reasonably. You know, there was some sweetness to it. No grudges. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Be considerate. Be considerate, okay? And especially right now. Last one. And to show perfect courtesy towards all people. In the Greek, 
The word there is like genuine humility. And to show perfect courtesy towards all people. Genuine, true humility. Showing genuine humility for all people. Let me just put up this, Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is my appeal to you. This is an appeal from Paul, okay? I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be, here's our word, transformed by the, what is that word? Renewal. That word's going to come into play in just a second. But by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing, by testing you may discern the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That's good. The world is watching. Right now, they're watching the church shrivel up. And when we came here in 2011, I remember we were like, storm the gates of hell, let's go! We're not going to be an average church. We're not going to do what every church does. We're going to be a little countercultural. It's going to be a little uh, vertical. We're not going to ho-hum. You're going to feel uncomfortable if you want to be apathetic. You're going to feel uncomfortable if you want to sit on your hands for Jesus. I remember that. I hope I'm not coming across too strong. But the world is watching our daily living, church. And remember, what I've been pointing you to all this series is like your personal time in the secret place with God is the start of the gathering place and the public place. Right? you got to have that theology of place down. My time with God in the secret place where I speak to Him out loud, not like murmuring, and praise His name and ask Him to speak in and through me. That's a special time that pours out into this time and that pours out into the public place as well. I want to have a favorable, a favorable impression on a non-Christian world. And I want you to as well. That's what we're really going for. So in order to do that, you're going to have to understand the grace of God produces new life. It transforms us inside and out. And as we practice grace to others, it will transform their lives as well. All right. Remember, he says it. For we ourselves were once foolish. We're in verse 3 now. Remember, we were, and when we remember what we were, we thank God. <laughs> thank God that I'm not addicted to pornography anymore. That was a gross, oh, that was horrible. Enslaved to it, right? Any which way it wanted to turn and twist me, I was like, ah. That's not the way of the Spirit. That's not how the Spirit acts. So he reminds us of that. So if we want to be transformed, we're transformed by putting off the world's way of Christian or acceptable living. All right? So I don't want to be too offensive, but I'm not real fond of the word Christian. I know it means little Christ. 
But in the scriptures, it's used three times, mostly in a derogatory manner. And so I like to refer to myself as a follower of Jesus Christ. And I don't want to quabble over words. It doesn't matter what you think. You know, if you think something different, I'm happy with what you think too. That's good, okay? But I want you to get the point. The point is, we got to put off the world's way. The thing that's acceptable, the thing that people say, oh, it's okay, you can do that. We're all okay with that. Awesome. Everybody's okay with looking at pornography. Let's, let's do it. No, God's not okay with that. It's okay if you talk about other people as long as they're not in the room. It's all right. We all do it. That's not okay with God. And he's in the room. I'm telling you, this passage has lit me up. Woo! Man, I want to preach this again next week. Okay, for we ourselves were once foolish. That's the first vice. Don't be like this. Don't have this vice. Don't be controlled by this. Don't get in the squeeze of this satanic thing. But we naturally are like this, so we need to change. We need to be transformed. So don't be foolish without understanding, lacking wisdom, making rebellious choices. Man, can I talk to the teens for just a second? I mean, there's got to be a time this last week where you're like, screw you, parents. I mean, like, I just, I just don't have any, like, I mean, like, it has to happen. Like, when I was a teenager, I was like, my parents are so crazy. Like, I don't know what they're thinking right now. I, I think that falls in the category of foolishness. Your parents have lived a long life, and, and they were a teenager at one point, and they, they do know what they're talking about. Maybe not fully, but they are your authority, and you do need to submit and obey them as long as they're not telling you to do something God's telling you not to do. So I just think right here, that rebellious kind of choice of like, I want to do what I want to do. And nobody can tell me anything different. When I was a teenager, that was where I lived. And I want to exhort you, transform your mind. Just transform your mind. Ask the Holy Spirit to change your mind. Don't be foolish. Don't be disobedient. Rejecting God's sovereignty over all. And over me. All right. Keep going. It says, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray. Don't be deceived, led astray by Satan, demons, evil forces. Have you read Ephesians chapter 6 lately? The armor of God? You know how it starts? We do not wrestle with flesh and blood, we don't wrestle with each other, but against principalities and powers and rulers in high places. I mean, the things we wrestle with, they're not human. They have a lot more power than that. They have the opportunity to put an idea in your head, and you're like, why do I have that idea? That's not, I don't want that. No, they want you to have that. God doesn't want you to have that. Capture that idea, get it out. Don't be led astray. And definitely, next step, don't be a slave to various passions and pleasures. Don't be deceived and don't be enslaved. I, I feel like first you're deceived, and then after you've been deceived a bunch of times in the same area and you can't get it right, 
that's what you, you get enslaved. And then it's like, and you just do whatever it wants. And that demon just, and you're just like, yep, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I mean, don't leave me up here. You've all been there, right? We're like, I don't even know why I'm doing this right now. What is wrong with me? That's enslavement. You've been enslaved spiritually. A spirit is tormenting you, and you need to ask God, the Holy Spirit, to bind that and get it out. Let's just call it what it is. You're mastered by lust or sinful desires. Why does what I want and think matter so much? I just, I'm on that right now. My desires, why? Only what God desires. And then pleasures or self-satisfaction. I can't even say the word. Okay, the one word I'm not going to be saying when I preach. I'm not going to go for it again. This last vice. I'm just going to sum up malice. How would you sum up the words malice, envy, hated, and hating? How would you sum that up? Evil. I'm like, that, that's all evil. Don't be evil. Don't be evil. It's like, duh. I told you as a reminder. It said it wasn't new content. It's like, don't be evil. Do not be controlled by evil. Do you remember once living like this? Do you remember? I try to forget it. Or maybe you're like, man, I don't, I, I mean, you're asking me if I remember, like I'm living like that right now. It's okay if you're thinking that. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If you're thinking that, I'm living like that right now, then I think, whoop, 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 whoop. Maybe the Holy Spirit's coming back. Maybe you're starting to awaken a little bit in your life and you're going, hold on. Hey, there he is, the Holy Spirit, the one I've been quenching and grieving for quite some time now. And repent of that. Take communion for the first time today, free from that bondage. And move on in the freedom that we talked about last week. With that in mind, let's take this. So, communion is a special time. It's for believers only. If you call yourself a Christian, if you're following Jesus Christ, if you understand the grace of God is for you, if you understand the blood of Jesus was shed for you, personally you. And if you have accepted that blood as payment for your sins, then the Holy Spirit is next, right? Like, are you full of the Holy Spirit? Have you asked Him? So I think as we come to communion today, and we remember our sin, it's kind of gross, and we leave that behind, as we walk forward, May we remember the body broken and the blood spilled, but may we also, in this moment, ask God to fill us again anew, afresh. Are we clear? All right. His body, broken for us. Father, 
thank you for the body of Jesus Christ, which was brutally beaten. I have not shed blood, but man, you did. And we are so grateful that you willingly were reviled and killed for us, to redeem us. Thank you for saving us. Body broken for you. Before we take the cup, I want to read this for you. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared. That word appeared is so awesome. Paul uses it so many times. I wonder why he uses that. Can you imagine being on the road to Damascus? Dun, 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 dun. Going to lock some Christians up. Going to beat them up. Maybe kill him too. Dun, 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 dun. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up on the road. Are you willing to have that moment today where Jesus shows up on your road and you're like, dun, 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 doing what I should for God? And God's like, eh, you need to go like this, man. Like, you think you're doing my work? Are you open to that today? You think you're doing it for me? Hold on. Turn around, I'm, I'm going to show you what you must do for me. He appeared. He just showed up. I love reading that word because it makes me think of Acts 9 every time. Boom! Blinding light. Savior appeared. He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness. There's no merit in you taking this. This isn't you doing good for you. This is remembering what he did good for us. But according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration, that's what this is. We talked about it last week. By the washing of regeneration, you were saved inside by grace through faith. And then you obeyed God and you were baptized, right? A lot of people get this regeneration thing, washing of regeneration thing, all messed up. Like, well, that's baptism. Uh, eh. Stay over here. It's salvation. It's what happened inside. But when you're saved, you want to be baptized. That's what's going to happen outside. And that washing, that regeneration, it happens inside first. You're washed clean. You're free. We're doing that again today. We're experiencing that for another time. That's what God gives us communion. Wash it away again, God. But hopefully you once were baptized, right? Where you publicly displayed what everybody should know happened inside of you. You washed yourself. Head to toe. Immersion. Boom. Gone. Right? Washing, regeneration. We do this in remembrance of Christ because he washed us clean through the blood. He did it once. Do you remember that day? January 15th, 1992. And he's done it so many times since where he's washed me up. He's given me a foot washing, right? He's 
forgiveness. Let's do that again today. If you have anything dirty on your feet, now's a good time to confess that. Let's get clean. Father, thank you for the blood that you spilled. It's so powerful. It washes us clean. Renew us in your Holy Spirit today, I pray. In Jesus' name. Now we're ready for the last point. Number three, pursue transformation by putting my faith in God's grace, Jesus' blood, and the Holy Spirit's continued leading in my life. Now, do you understand the grace of God? Eh, maybe. I try. I don't understand why he loves me that much. I get it. Do you understand the blood of Christ? Well, yeah, like technically, like he died, he was beaten, and he bled, and he died. I get that. You read the Old Testament, you get some sacrificial things, and you, you, you can understand it. Hebrews, Leviticus, it'll help. But how about this? Notice where I left off, washing and regeneration. There's an end there. And there's an and in our point. And the Holy Spirit's continued leading in my life. And the Holy Spirit's continual leading in my life. Now why is it that we as Christians, I'm guilty of this, and maybe you are as well, think salvation is the end? It's like, I was saved. I got my ticket. I'm on the train. Now it's a party, Right? And we forget that how we live matters. And again, it's not how we live that saves us. Let's not get this twisted up. That's what we twist this stuff up. Well, if we live this way, then we're saved. No, no, no. First you're saved, and you live this way. That's how it goes. Don't get it out of order, or you're going to wind up one day looking Jesus in the eye, and he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Well, didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we do good works in your name? Yeah, I guess. Not. I mean, literally. So that's scary. So let's just remember right here that we are washed by regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That's what I want to focus on. Are you becoming an heir? Are you being renewed day by day by the Holy Spirit? Do you have conversations with the Holy Spirit? Are you asking Him to fill you daily? That's what the secret place is about. So God the Father, I understand all about Him. Jesus, I get it. He came and went. This is an age where he's supplied the Holy Spirit to you so that you can have communion with him every day. Sure, you can talk to the Father, you can talk to Jesus. When you talk to the Father and Jesus, you're talking to the Holy Spirit anyway. But can we acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is what the Father and the Son sent to us in this age so that we might live in the way he's asking us to live? And so let's meet with the Spirit who's indwelling us and renewing us and let's learn, let's be trained how to live as sons and daughters of the king. That's what we're going for. 
So, how does this go? I wrote it down this way. Maybe you'll write it, write it down. By God's grace, Jesus made me new. So the Holy Spirit can use my life. I want to say it again. and Maybe you need to write it down and practice it this week. By God's grace, it's not your works, it's His grace. Jesus made me new. Can you personalize that? Did Jesus make you new? So the Holy Spirit can use my life. And you're like, where do you see that in the text? Okay, go ahead, let's look at it. But when the goodness, loving kindness, and of His own mercy... Goodness, loving kindness, mercy. That's by God's grace. Jesus made me new. Where do you see that in the text? It says he saved me. It says by the washing of regeneration. It says that so that being justified by his grace. That's how Jesus made me new. And then it goes on to say, and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ. And that you might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So, church, I know you leave here and, and you go back to life and, and it's great, okay? But I don't want you to leave here the same way today. And I can't manufacture it and I can't force it. But I've done everything I could humanly do. And I have prayed to the Holy Spirit that He will, in your heart, help you understand the very slight difference between how I preached this eight years ago and how I'm preaching it right now. It's just a little turn. It's, it's just so nuanced. It's just so minor. And here's what it is. It's the possibility that the Holy Spirit can fill you today. Full. Right? In Jesus' name. It's the fact that he can make you an heir. You're like, I'm already an heir. Really? Are you acting like it? Maybe you need some more prince, princess training. And the Holy Spirit's the one that trains you how to live the way God, Jesus, made you to be. So get with the Holy Spirit. Ask him, what should I take off? What should I put on? He gave you some good lists, but like, there's probably more than that. What things do you need to put on? What things do you need to put off? Ask the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you. Trust me, He'll tell you. If you ask, He'll, he'll, he'll tell you. And I think that's what I want you to leave here with. Is the real firm grasp in your life. I want you to be gripped by this point. That the Holy Spirit continues leading in my life. And if you don't feel that leading, I don't think that's the Holy Spirit's fault. Okay? When I don't feel that leading, I think, how have I grieved or how have I quenched the Holy Spirit? That's what I think. Because I know it's not Him. He's perfect. I'm imperfect. So if you came here today, you're like, man, I'm just not feeling it. Okay. Great opportunity to be transformed. To be renewed by the Holy Spirit, whom God has richly poured out on you. I mean, this is not just like sprinkle. This is like a immersion, right? I was gross, but by God's grace, he made me new.
And now God is ready to transform my life as I follow him. Just look at it this way. This saying is trustworthy, and I want to, you to insist on these things so that those who believe in God, have you already believed? Then why is he telling us all this about the Holy Spirit and renewal and put off, put on? Why is he telling us that if I've already believed? Because there's still work to do. And he wants to do that work in your life. It's not you doing the work. It's him doing the work in you. You submitting to him. You obeying him. Right? You being ready to do every good work. So you don't have to go out and join a food bank tomorrow. Unless the Holy Spirit tells you to. Right? Just wait. Listen. Kind of feels like just how I've been saying it this week. Kind of feels like you're between Resurrection Sunday, where you know you're saved and you've been baptized, and Pentecost, where you're like, there's got to be more. I know there's a transformed life. I know there's a richness to this. There's got to be more. Yeah, wait right there and let the Holy Spirit show up in your life tomorrow morning or maybe today, right? And as you go through it, and, and see what kind of things God's going to bring you to that are going to wow you in Jesus' name. All right? Now, have I set the plate for you? Now, all I do is set the plate, right? You've got to eat it. So I've set the plate. Now, you get to decide whether you want to spend some time with God this week and digest that and say, how, God, do you want to transform me to be more like you, to be a son or a daughter of the king. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for bringing us to this place. Thank you for leading us to this passage. You're bigger than I thought you were. And this is more, <laughs> I don't know, this is more clear than it's ever been. That you have more for this church than we could ask, think, or imagine. But it starts in every one of our lives, seeking the presence of the Holy Spirit, opening our hearts and saying, God, what do you have for me today? What are the plans? What is the blueprint for my life? And how do you want to use me to build up the church in love? And as you do that, God, through your living stones, as we come together and as we build each other up, as we do our part, like it says in Ephesians 4, we will all... The church will all build itself up together in love. We long for that. We wait for that. We seek your face. And we submit to your will. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Hey, let's stand.